Hello, this is Pastor Sam Velez, and I'm so glad that you're joining us for our service. We hope you enjoy this message today, that it blesses your life and your families. We love you. Today, I want to talk about a subject that is actually probably the root of many, many issues of the heart. Guilt is a problem. There's a lot of different things that we can name in the list that can be a problem that affects our heart. But this is probably the root of everything, and it's pride. Pride is one of the greatest issues that can affect a person's heart. Pride can affect a marriage. Pride can affect friendships. Pride will affect your personal life. It's pride. It's not the kind of pride that you're like, man, I'm proud of my son. I'm proud of my daughter. I'm proud of my last name. I'm proud of this team. It's not that kind of pride. It's the kind of pride that says that you are God and no one tells you what to do. It is when you elevate yourself to the place of God and you make your own truth and your own decisions and it is your will over God's. And anything that comes against your will and your own thing and all that, you reject it. That is pride. Pride starts in the book of Genesis chapter 3 when they eat the fruit. The very beginning of pride happens there. But pride is something that affects many people. It affects them individually. It, it, it affects their soul. It affects marriages. It affects, like I said, friendships. It will affect you if you don't uproot pride from your heart. It is a sore subject for many people because it is something that sometimes people cannot get rid of. If you are, you, you, how, how do you know you have pride? If someone can't even point out something that you're doing wrong and you can't accept it, it's pride. Hey, you're doing this. I don't think whatever, whatever it's affecting. And all you have to say back is, oh, you don't tell me what to do. And I like this and I'm like this. You got pride. Pride is the root of a lot of people's issues. And we want to talk about this because although pride is a terrible thing, we serve a God that gives us a way out. We serve a faithful God, a powerful God that can set you free from pride today. C.S. Lewis said this about pride. If you don't know who C.S. Lewis is, he's a famous theologian. If you ever read the book of Narnia or ever seen the movies, that's him. But C.S. Lewis says this. He says this. He said, make no mistake about it. Pride is the great sin. It is the devil's most effective and destructive tool. I'll read to you for some of, the, some of you in the back. Make no mistake about it. Pride is the great sin. It is the devil's most effective and destructive tool. Proverbs 16, 18 says this. Pride goes before destruction and haughtiness before a fall. Pride goes before you ever fail and before the problems ever came. It started with pride in your heart. Started with pride. The pride to not change. The pride to not surrender to the Lord. The pride to not to, to, to surrender to God's will. That is when all the problems came. It wasn't because God is not available and God's not there to help you. It's because you had pride and you didn't want to give it up. So the Bible says pride comes before destruction. In other words, it takes pride will come and in time you will fall. It is a guarantee that you will fall. It's not a maybe you'll fall if you have pride or a, maybe if you catch it on a bad day. 
you will end up falling because of pride. And if there's here, can I tell you something? God hates pride. You don't believe me? Proverbs 8.13, can you put up there? All who fear the Lord will hate evil. Therefore, I hate pride and arrogance, corruption and perverse speech. This is God. I hate pride and arrogance, corruption and perverse speech. Pride, church, it is something that I pray we could get rid of today. It is something that I pray, whether, it's, whether you carry an arrogance inside of you, where you think you're the last Coca-Cola in the desert, or the last Mexican Coca-Cola because it tastes better. <laughs> Whatever it is, my prayer when, we, when I was writing this message is that you would leave this place free. Free, forgiven. And that maybe if you've wronged people because of pride, you yourself would ask for forgiveness because of pride. Pride will keep you, church, from progress. Pride will keep you from changing. Pride will keep you from being free. And God has offered us a way through his son to be free. He's offered us a way. Nothing that you're dealing with, church, nothing that you're ever facing outside of pride, it doesn't matter what you're facing. Jesus will always offer the way out. He will always offer a better way. A better way. So if you, I want to talk about pride and how me and you can overcome. This whole series, if you haven't noticed, every time we're talking, we're talking about ways to overcome the very thing that gets in our heart. So we're going to talk about overcoming pride today. So that's why we titled it The Way Out. The Way Out. You have your Bibles. I want to share a story about someone that dealt with pride and what pride looks like. If you have your Bibles, I want to go to 2 Chronicles chapter 26. 2 Chronicles chapter 26. This is a book of the Bible that we don't always use, but it's a great book. 2 Chronicles chapter 26. We're going to be in verses 3 through 8, and then we're going to skip to verses 16. But 26.3 says this. Uzziah was 16 years old when he became king. And he reigned in Jerusalem 52 years. His mother was Jekyllai from Jerusalem. He did what was pleasing in the Lord's sight, just as his father Amaziah had done. Uzziah sought God during the days of Zechariah, who taught him to fear God. And as long as the king sought guidance from the Lord, God gave him success. Uzziah declared war on the Philistines and broke down the walls of Gath, Jabna, and Ashdod. Then he built new towns in the Ashdod area and parts of Philistine. God helped him in his wars against the Philistines, his battles with the Arabs of Gur, and his wars with the Mennonites. The Mennonites paid annual tribute to him, and his fame spread even to Egypt, for he had become very powerful. Let's skip to verse 16 now. But when he, became, he had become powerful, he also became proud, which led to his downfall. He sinned against the Lord, his God, by entering the sanctuary of the Lord's temple and personally burning incense on the incense altar. Azariah, the high priest, went in after him with 80 other priests of the Lord, all brave men, 
They confronted King Uzziah and said, it is not for you, Uzziah, to burn incense to the Lord. That is the work of the priests alone, the descendants of Aaron, who are set apart for this work. Get out of the sanctuary, for you have sinned. The Lord God will not honor you for this. Uzziah, who had been holding an incense burner, became furious. But as he was standing there raging at the priest before the incense altar in the Lord's temple, leprosy suddenly broke out on his forehead. When Azariah, the high priest, and all the other priests saw the leprosy, they rushed him out, and the king himself was eager to get out because the Lord had struck him. So the king Uzziah had leprosy until the day he died. We see this story. How Uzziah started off good, the Bible says, that the Lord, had, he had success in everything he did. If you keep reading, there was success in all that he did. As long as he sought the Lord, the Bible says that there was success. But then the Bible says that when he became powerful, he also became proud. That led to his downfall. So we can see the rise and fall of someone who sought the Lord and when the blessings of the Lord came and when the success of life came, he became proud and he fell. The Bible says he disobeyed the Lord. If you don't know this, in those times, the, the, the priests were the only ones that could enter the sanctuary like that. They were the only ones. God had designated them to enter the sanctuary. So he went in place, in dis he disobeyed God, did it himself, and when they confronted him, like pride, remember I said, when no one can tell you what to do, they confront him, the Bible says he gets angry, and the Lord strikes him with leprosy. Leprosy is a skin disease, it is your, your body begins to decay in itself, and you die. Lord strikes him, because you couldn't enter into the sanctuary like that, where the presence of the Lord was. But because of pride and disobedience, we see what happens in his life. So how, do me, how can me and you overcome pride? Today, I want to talk about three ways we can overcome pride. Number one is this. Seek humility. If you want to learn to overcome pride, you need to seek humility. This is what humility is. It is seeing yourself and others in the image of God. That's humility. When I can see myself and I can see other people's in the image of God, what does that mean? That I can see that they are also sons and daughters of God. That God created them just as much as he created you. But here's the thing. It is starting with you first. Seeing yourself too many people have broken views of themselves. Therefore, they break others along the way. Too many people. Whether there's things in your life that you hate and there's things in your life that you're bitter about or whatever it is, if you don't take care of you first, how can you take care of the people around you? That is why when people are dealing with personal things and then it starts affecting everybody else, they, they, they get kind of like, man, you, you start to see just the way things change in, the, in their family's life. When some, one person's affected, when one person doesn't know how to deal with it, they start, it starts affecting everyone else. And then before you know it, 
the one that's dealing with it, instead of saying, man, God, help me in this, or Lord, I need a certain, what happens is they begin to blame everyone else but themselves. If everyone is always the problem but you, it's you. Ever met someone like that where it's always the other person's fault? It's always their fault. It's them because of them. It's always them. It's them. It's them. And you never look in the mirror and ask yourself, is it me? It's pride. It's pride. But the Bible asks us to seek humility. And the greatest example that we can find in humility is in Jesus himself. Paul writes this in Philippians chapter 2. Can you put it up there for them? 2, 3 through 11. It says this. Paul says, don't be selfish. Don't try to impress others. Be humble. Thinking of others as better than yourself. Don't look out only for your own interests, but take an interest in others too. You must have the same attitude that Christ Jesus had. Though he was God, he did not think of equality with God as something to cling to. Instead, he gave up his divine privileges. He took the humble position of a slave and was born as a human being when he appeared in human form. He humbled himself in obedience to God and died a criminal's death on a cross. Therefore, God elevated him to the place of highest honor and gave him the name above all other names. And that at the name of Jesus, every knee should bow in heaven and on earth and under the earth. And every tongue declare that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God, the Father. Greatest example is Jesus humbling himself. Jesus had every right church, every right to act differently, to treat differently. But the Bible says that he humbled himself. There was humility in him that he could have done a lot of things. Let me tell you something. Jesus, if he really felt like it, he didn't have to deal with all the Pharisees, the annoying Pharisees that bothered him throughout his ministry. He didn't have to. He could have said, be gone, and they would be gone. He could have done a lot of things. But for the love of the people... He took on these things. He humbled himself. He served other people. It wasn't just washing people's feet. A lot of times, yes, that's the big part that Jesus talks about serving. He served people by helping them with their life, by teaching them, by showing them the way, by telling them there's a better way for your life than the one you're living with. By healing the sick, by delivering people from demons, He did everything that he could in three years that would affect us today. The Bible says he humbled himself. There was a humility on the inside of him. Seeking humility is you elevating God above everything else. The same way Jesus, he elevated the Lord. It is you elevating God over yourself because pride will will make you elevate you in the place of God. where you are the decision maker, where God is not your source and God does not tell you how to live, who you should marry. God's standards are not your standards. That When you elevate yourself to that, that is where the downfall comes. But humility is saying, God, I choose to elevate you. God, what your word says. God, what you, what you desire for my life. 
Holy Spirit, what you bring conviction to. I choose to elevate you. You know how you elevate God? By loving your neighbor over your, more than yourself, just as yourself. How do you elevate God? By blessing others when, without asking them to give you back. Ever met someone that's like, okay, I'll give you $10, but you owe me. Ever have friendships like that? That way I'll give you, I'll pay your lunch, but you owe me. Some of you are laughing because you know what I'm talking about. They're like, he's sitting next to me. I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. Don't point at them. You're elevating God when you give. And, you don't, and your response is, you don't need to pay me. You don't owe me nothing. I choose to do that. I choose to bless you. I choose to forgive you. You elevate God when you decide yourself to change so that you could fix the other, the issue that's happening that's affecting the people around you. You're elevating God. You're prioritizing the Lord. God is getting the glory in your life, not you. You know, before you guys ever come into this building, we usually have, uh, we meet with all our volunteers and we pray before the service. We're praying for you guys. I don't even know if they, the volunteers notice this, but I always end the prayer with this and I do it on purpose because I want it to be in every person's spirit when they come and they serve in this place. I always end up saying, may God get the glory. May the Lord receive the glory. You know what our desire is in this church? Is that when you leave this place, it's not about, oh, I loved how this person preached. I love how she sang. I love how he played the drums. No, it's God, thank you for changing my life. God, I give you glory. Thank you for setting me free. Thank you for healing me. It's man, God, thank you that I got to give my life today to you. I was far from you, but I realized I need you and I gave my life. That's what we live for, church. I would rather you forget my name, but always remember God. May God get the glory. But we must learn, church, that humility is simply elevating God over ours. There are areas in your life that you know that God needs to be elevated. That's why John the Baptist said, he must become greater and I must become less. He must become greater. I must become less. And if you are going to overcome pride, then you must look at the areas in your life that have pride and elevate God in that area so that there can be change, transformation. Because here's the thing, church, pride hurts sometimes. When someone has to point something out, it doesn't feel good in the moment. But you know that because they love you, they tell you. They tell you because they love you and because they love you, it's going to help you in the long run so that you don't... I say this all the time, but it's because it happens all the time. People live in cycles and sometimes we have to understand that God wants to break the cycle and give you a new way. But it starts with seeking humility. Number two is this. Focus 
more on God than yourself. Focus more on God than yourself. You know what happened to Isaiah? Why he fell? He stopped seeking the Lord. He fell because he sought the Lord and there was success. And because he got intoxicated with success, he became proud. And he forgot that the reason why he got to that place was because of God. Church, the reason why you're where you're at, why you have that promotion, why you got that business, why you are, your family's the way it is, the, it is because of the grace of God on your life, church. You got there because of God, not because of you. And Uzziah fell because it became about him. And his focus went from seeking the Lord to seeking what else can feed him. His ego. What else can make me powerful in front of people? What else can help my image? He forgot. Here's the thing, church. God wants to do great things in your life. And God will give you, we all have the favor of the the Lord. But here's the thing. You don't need more favor. You just need a greater focus. And here's the thing about focus. Focus is selective attention. Me and you have the ability and the power to choose what we give attention to. You choose what you give attention to. And if you can give attention to the Lord more than yourself, you will find yourself successful in every area of your life. You'll find the healing you've been looking for. You'll find the freedom you've been looking for. You will find the breakthrough because you sought the Lord and the Lord was your source and he was your help. And you can praise God for that. And you can give him, you can go back and say, God, it's because of you. I sought you. I look for you. And now I'm standing at the place because of your grace and your favor because I focused on you. I put my focus on you, God. I put my power and my attention back to you. If you got a bad day or you wake up tired and you don't do anything, you know what the Bible, you can go back to the scripture. And if you got to declare scripture every single day, then declare scripture. This morning, you know what happened? I didn't feel like waking up. Have you ever felt like that? You can wake up any day and then on Sundays, you just want to sleep more. I guess it's just Pastor Sam. It's okay. I I confess to you. I'm confessing to everyone in online. I didn't want to wake up. But you know what I did? I forced myself. I got up. And you know what I I thought about? The the verse that came to me and I I declared over myself because I knew that the end, I knew it was the enemy trying to just get me to get in this mood. Because if you were here the other week, I told you that I'm not a morning person. And I said, I said this, I said, Today, this is, today is the day of the Lord. I will rejoice and be glad in him. I will rejoice and be glad in him. Some of you, that has to be your declaration. That this is the day that the Lord has made. I will rejoice and be glad in him. In other words, God, you made this day. And because you made this day, this is my day to enjoy you. This is my day to live in victory. This is my day to prosper. This is my day, God, that you gave me. It's my day. That you gave me and I will rejoice and be glad in you. Some of you, that has to be your focus. That God, it is you and you alone. 
And I get to spend my day in your presence. I get to spend my day walking with you. I get to go to work and your faithfulness follows me and your spirit is with me. I can get to go to my school and God, the favor and the blessing of God is on me. You have to think like that, church, that the presence of God is with you so much that you can have the kind of day that you envision for your life. You can kind of have that family that you envision. You can have the life that you envision because the spirit of God is on the inside of you. But here's the thing. It's what you choose to focus on. It is seeking the Lord. Focusing on God over yourself. Church, humanity, we're very good at focusing on ourselves, aren't we? Where the world revolves around me. The world is all about me. But we realize that it's actually not about me. It's like that when you're a kid. The world is around, like, like Catalina, it's her world and I'm living in it. I live for God and to serve my wife and her. She's at an age right now where it's about her and I'm, we're doing everything to help her. To, she grows. But eventually she's going to grow to an age where we're, we're leading her to understand that it's about God and that it's not about the world serving you. It's about serving God and serving the world. But sometimes people don't get out of that child stage and they grow up where everything's about them. Can I tell you something, church? If you can focus on the Lord and on his goodness on his promises and what he has for you, you'll spend less time distracted with everything else. Less time distracted. When I'm more focused on serving God and pleasing him, when I'm more focused in growing in the Lord, I will spend less time and less energy on other things that don't even matter. That you can sit back and be like, I don't know why I gave so much energy to this. It doesn't even matter. What a waste of time and energy. But you don't see these things if you're not focused on, one, on, the, on the Lord. Because when you are in the presence, when you pray to the Lord, it is a posture of humility that says, God, you are greater and you have the power to change things. And you also have, you've given me the empower, you've empowered me to also make decisions. When you learn to do that, freedom begins to reign in your life. Progress happens. You don't go back 10 steps anymore. You're going forward. You don't go back to the same habits. You go forward. You're not talking about whatever house happened, whether something happened to you two years ago, a bad business deal, an ex, whatever it is. You don't do that because you've already gotten over that and you've moved forward and God has given you the empowerment to do that. When you focus on God, God leads you to greater things. That's why the Bible says in Psalm 23 that he leads me to green pastures, to still waters. In other words, God will lead me to peace and not chaos. Focus more on God than yourself. Make it a decision. And for some of you, maybe it's like me. Make it a decision that every day you're, in a, you're, you're going to declare a Bible verse over your day. You're going to declare what God says about you over your day. On the days where you don't want to wake up or the days where you don't feel like trying. On the days where you don't know if it's worth it anymore. Declare what God says to you.
lift your spirit up. Because we serve an amazing God, church. The Bible says in 1 John that Jesus has come to destroy the, the works of the enemy. That means that whatever's come your way, Jesus has the power to take care of it today. Whatever it is, he can take care of it today. Last thing is this. You can put it up there. Seek to serve others over yourself. You want to get over pride? Seek to serve others over yourself. Seek to serve others over... The Bible says, we can go back to, to Philippians 2. That, uh, verse 3, right? Yeah, there we go. Don't be selfish. Don't try to impress others. Be humble. Thinking of others as better than yourselves. Let's go to verse 4 and 5. Don't look out only for your own interests, but take an interest in others too. You must have the same attitude that Christ Jesus had. Jesus came, church, and he gave. He gave and he gave. He gave his life for us. He gave, church. He gave. And you can get over pride when you spend time serving others than yourself. Serving yourself is easy, church. We do it all the time. It doesn't take any effort from you. But it does take effort to serve others above yourself. Whatever that looks like, serve others. Maybe you want to serve here at church. We've been looking for people to help us serve in different areas. If you don't know this, maybe some of you don't know this, but every Sunday night at uh, the Bethany house by the Bethany house we serve homeless people meals and we pray for them every Sunday night if you didn't know that maybe some of you should join that group here from our church that does that they dedicate Sunday nights they're not at home they're dedicating Sunday nights to serve people that can't serve themselves if you don't have the time Maybe you can donate to that ministry so that we don't, so that they can always have a supply for the people that don't have anything. But find a way to serve, church. Find a way to serve the house of God. Find a way to serve people. I'm telling you. Maybe you didn't help us last year. Maybe this year is the year that you help us out. We did a big outreach in the South. I don't know if you remember that. We're doing another one in the South too. Be a part of that. Be a part of whatever God... My prayer is that your attitude should be whatever it is that needs help, we'll be there. Me and my husband, or you know what? If you want to go farther than that, me and my whole family, we'll do it. I don't care if my son's tired, he'll do it. I'll, whatever. I'll kick him in the butt, he'll do it. But I, I, it, when you spend less time on yourself and you, you begin to spend time for others, man, it changes something in you. You don't, you don't have to wait for another missions trip. You can do that in this city yourself. Serving others can look different, but 
do something. You have coworkers that have problems. Instead of saying, man, I hope everything goes well for you. Why don't you pray for him in that moment? Hey, you know what? You've been talking about this for the past three days. Can I pray for you? You've been sick for three days or your back's been hurting. You can't move. You can't function. How about we pray that God heals your back today with some faith? Too many people get comfortable with just give me, give me, give me, and they never want to give. I'm telling you, if you don't, if for some reason your job or something doesn't allow you to be flexible, then give. Give to ministries. Give to the youth. They're going to camp. Do you know how many kids don't have money to go to camp, but you have the money to do it? Give. Every year I ask for it, and we don't always get the amount that we're praying for, but I'm praying that this year that there's going to be people that are going to sponsor kids to go to camp. Because some people have five kids. They can't send all five kids to camp. But there's someone in this room that can, can help. Maybe today after service, you go to Pastor Alex or whoever's out there in the, in, the, in the lobby. You say, hey, I don't got kids or my kids are too old or whatever, but I want to sponsor a kid. Whoever. I'll sponsor a kid. I don't care. But we can overcome pride by seeking to serve others. Thank you so much for joining our service and for listening to us. We are located at 4519 East Del Mar Boulevard in Laredo, Texas. And we hope that you continue to be a part of our ICM family.